I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi, how are you? Good afternoon. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6 o'clock. We'll have Red Raider football with Joey McGuire tonight. That coverage is coming up at 6 o'clock. And uh, that will be followed directly afterward at 7 by Game 4 of the World Series. Rangers leading that series two games to one after winning last night in Arizona. Over on 100.7, the score this evening at 7, we'll have uh, the high school fan zone featuring coaches from Monterey and Lubbock. Hi, gentlemen. Uh, how we doing? How's your Halloween going? I uh, really haven't given Halloween much of a thought today. Because you're an adult. You're well, a grown-up. Yeah. And just, yeah, the the costume thing and all that, that was really the, the weekend deal. And uh, now, do we have candy at the house? Sure. But tonight to give out? But, yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't seen a bunch of costume. What are you, you're Woodman? You're not going to do silly like dress-up at work or anything. Joyce Woodman, what are you? I dressed up as Jamie today. Oh. My props are in the back. So if you guys would like a yeah, he had uh, like Dew. a tennis racket, a uh, tube of balls, some some Mountain Dew, Mountain and some Dew. ketchup. Yeah, mm-hmm. was oh, that a new the, unopened ketchup, or did you just bring that in from? Uh, uh, that is a unopened bottle of ketchup, which will be used as real ketchup in the house. Eventually. Do you keep your opened ketchup in the refrigerator, or do yeah. you keep it out? Ours is in the fridge, but it wouldn't bother me if we kept it out. I don't. Would they not get? Would they not get funky if you leave well, them out? I've always thought because like they do it at some like cafes oh, and yeah. stuff. Just, if it if it never goes in the fridge, it's with the vinegar or something. It's okay. But really? as soon as you huh. drop its temperature once, then you have to keep it refrigerated. Well, we don't. I uh, have no idea. I prefer to keep it out. I prefer room temperature ketchup okay. to cold ketchup. But the wife is very particular, and so it goes in the fridge. Uh, we get this. How it goes, isn't it? Oh, there's That's no the doubt. way baseball go. <laughs> this on the EH Flooring Center chat line from our resident Diamondbacks fan bum, uh, bum, who bum, says, bum. "I really hate Seager. He is killing us." Oh, he's only got two hits. You know who else is killing you? You know who else you need to figure out there, D-backs man? How about figuring out John Gray? Because right now, you can make a case for John Gray as the MVP of this bad boy. Now he wouldn't get it because John Gray is like John Gray is like that. Uh, defensive end that's got a few sacks versus Corey Seager who's playing quarterback and scoring touchdowns. But John Gray's like been the difference. We didn't even talk about John Gray. I mean, you and I didn't. You know, like, oh yeah, okay, they had a John Gray. We get a couple innings here or there. It's like, dude, he's he's been the he's been the guy for them. Especially when you think about the fact that that uh you know, Evaldi came up short relative to what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. Like these games have been bullpen games and and covering, trying to cover some innings with some guys, and and two times that's happened, and two times Gray has has stepped up and been, you know, like 
a, a problem for the D-backs. And so, yeah, that's the – but I understand it. And because what Seager last, did last night, that – the yes, the two-run homer, but that dive and stop, you know, after a walk is a shot back through the middle. Best-case scenario for Rangers is his first and second one out. Worst case, maybe that second and third one out. Maybe it depends on – you know, how, how much that gets in the left center if it's a hustle double. I think Marte hit it. Is that right? Anyway, but, yeah, that uh, not only does he take away a runner in scoring position less than two outs, go ahead and run at the plate, et cetera, et cetera. He converts it into a 6-4-3 and puts an end to the inning. What's, uh, what's your level of concern with the Scherzer and Garcia injuries? Uh, I would I can't believe the Garcia thing doesn't render him done uh i mean that 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 looked oblique you know that looked obliquely obliquey obliquish obliquely obliquely obliquish to uh <laughs> to uh you know the where he grabbed and as as big as he swings and you know i, I we've talked about that just with other guys that you see those things and they'll go oh, yeah two to four weeks and i'm thinking five weeks because those things are tough injuries now could it have been a cramp or something? It, you know, maybe, but I but that one I have zero optimism about that. Uh, the Scherzer situation, he wouldn't need to, he wouldn't even need to go again until Game seven. Saturday. Yeah, so we'd be Monday to Saturday and on normal rest. Uh, now it did get his elbow, but the back, you know, the thing kind of went elbow back. Great play, Josh Young, um, but. Uh, you know, so so he we'll have to see about that. But uh, he was in some pain too, and um, that one I think they can work around. Maybe it comes back to more John Gray. But the, the yeah, I mean, if you could choose one, you would choose mm-hmm. to kind of wave the wand over Garcia. And you make bet, him. you bet. Because I think the other thing, AD, I think the response there from the D backs is, and and the Rangers have plenty of hitters, and you know, history's full of stories where stuff like this happens, and it seems like a bigger deal than it is. But uh, you know wh- wh- whoever they put behind um, behind Seager now won't be named Adolis Garcia, and so this could be the point at which the D-backs are really picking their spots on which to pitch to Seager. Like, hey, suddenly that's the guy that's not going to beat us, and and you know you bounce three breaking balls in there and you point to first base or something, and so uh, that that one will be. Interesting to watch. Uh, but, boy, Seager's been good. My goodness. He's been really good. This in the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Someone says, OMG, I need an Adolis Garcia injury update like I need air. Uh, still nothing official. Um, yeah. Would you be surprised if we didn't get some kind of word, whether it's official or just well-sourced by the end of today? Yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if we don't know something by the end of the show. I really would. Because I, I think at the very least, we'll probably see starting lineups posted. Sure. And then immediately in that in that void would probably be good reporting by the Ken Rosenthal types that would, would have access to... Someone says, uh, Josh has looked bad this series. Josh has looked bad offensively this series. Josh has been dazzling defensively. Dazzling! Uh, wow, hey, he I mean, you don't just play. throw those words out there he, willy-nilly. He threw that. He threw that Brooks Robinson play out there the other night and all that. But yeah, he's chased. He's chased, chased a bunch of breaking balls and and uh, you know the D backs have executed some pitches on him and uh, 
Yeah, he'll have to adjust, and you know he he's got a he's got a pretty good chase rate apparently, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, they're they're pitching him to a book right now and executing some pitches and making him look bad. More tech talk next. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double D 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6 o'clock. We'll have Red Raider football with Joey McGuire. Coming up at that time, of course, Red Raiders taking on TCU on Thursday, uh, 6 o'clock kick our optimum game day live. We'll get started on Thursday morning at 6 a.m. with the morning drive, and uh, we'll uh, take you all the way up to kickoff at 6. Tech Talk will be there on location um, from 3 to 5, right at the doorstep of Jones Stadium, a mere stone's throw away from the southwest entrance. Uh, so going to be a good time. Um, saw this and wanted to talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, game two of the World Series, the Diamondbacks, you know, first and up to this point only win in the series was at the time the lowest rated, least watched World Series game ever, even uh, lower than some of the World Series games in 2020 when those were conducted in the bubble. Um, And then last night, Game 3 took over the crown uh, that was briefly held by Game 2. And now Game 3 is the lowest-rated, least-watched World Series game ever. Uh, Game 2, we don't know the numbers yet for Game 3, but Game 2 averaged a 4.0 rating, 8.15 million viewers on Fox. And, you know, I think that... uh, it was on a Saturday. You're going up against college football. That's a that's a tough ask, anyways. Um, and then last night, you're going up against Monday Night Football. But he, here's because we talked about this a bit in the break, and you uh-huh. kind of pointed out, hey, listen, there's no no Dodgers, mm-hmm. right? No Boston Red Sox, no New York Yankees. I mean, no no kind of lightning rod um, franchises. And it's kind of one of those like you think you do, but you don't situations not you specifically Gus or even you Clint but like I think if you ask a lot of people across the country they don't they don't they aren't rooting for the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers right Mm -hmm. or I mean they're they're largely rooting for the teams that they grew up rooting for sure um you know they don't want the big market teams to just always win they don't want the the dollar to win just buy a team all this stuff and yet and yet, when you have two great stories in the World Series, a a year ahead of schedule at least Rangers club that was terrible last year, um, and a Diamondback squad that no one was thinking was going to be in the World Series, um, going at it, and game one was tremendous, you know, extra innings, and then game three last night was really good too. Yep, compelling. Um, you, you, you're rewarded with nobody watching. Right, so it's kind of like how everyone says, "Oh, I just want, I just want the new the news. I don't, I don't need all the editorial stuff. <laughs> I don't need the opinions. Just give me the news." And yet, Fox News ratings up 
you know, way high. CNN, MSNBC up way high. It's like kind of one of those things that you say, and yet you do the opposite. Kind of like, hey, no, I probably should eat healthy, you know, eat some salads and stuff. And then <laughs> yeah. grabbing Ooh, a Christmas tree cake uh, after after lunch for a snack. So. Christmas tree cake. Just one? <laughs> yeah, just one. Well, they're big. Like, I got the big box. Uh, I have, uh, I have news. This is not, this is not Rangers injury related, but this is news that is worthy of our sounder. We will have a lot to talk about tomorrow because according to Max Olson of the athletic, the big 12 is expected tomorrow to unveil its football scheduling model for the 2024, 25, 26, and 27 seasons tomorrow afternoon. Ooh, to repeat, the Big 12 tomorrow afternoon will unveil its football scheduling model for the 2024 through 2027 seasons. We just got the ACC version yesterday. In fact, yeah. as I was sitting there at Pirate Stadium waiting for uh, kickoff, between uh, Laura Bush Middle and Cooper Middle, um, the ACC released its scheduling model for the next several years, and I was texting with you guys. I think this was around like five forty, um, because Florida State goes to SMU next year, which I think is very. <laughs> fun. Yeah, the uh, and and some teams with permanent opponents and Georgia Tech. One of the two teams, and they are the legacy team with no permanent opponent. It was them in Louisville, no permanent opponents, which they're still going to have their you know a number of games. But I thought, man, it's kind of a slap for kind of a slap for Georgia Tech. I think that I mean, now, granted, I'm not super educated on the ins and outs of the ACC in terms of yeah. kind of how they feel about each other, et cetera, but. Those two programs specifically being left out, to me, that just says, that's an acknowledgement that, hey, our really only like true rival is our in-state opponent that is out of conference. It's a non-conference. Right? Georgia, Georgia, Kentucky, and Georgia. And yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, that's a great um, point. You know, Clemson could maybe say the same thing, although I think Florida State is a game that you want to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, there's such a big ticket draw that I'm sure you want to maximize that too. But, um that was kind of my first thought. Yeah, no, and no. So my my eyes immediately went to the SMU situation because, uh, you know, the 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 Atlantic Coast Conference West, which is a, and that's my air quotes West. Uh, but yeah, the the fact that those three got got thrown in the same little grouping there, Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Not a tremendous surprise because a they're new to the league at it at the same time. B, it's it's one teeny tiny way to cut down on all you know traveling all the way across country um, for those three schools. But that that was the first thing I thought about. And you then picked up on next year FSU going to SMU, and boy, if that if that doesn't just speed along uh, speed along Florida State's desire to get out. Which, yeah, we we come back to this. Um, we we come back to the to the regent that we talked about this summer that quoted. I can't remember was that quote given anonymously or not. I can't remember, but basically the uh, yeah that that grant of rights document won't be keeping us in this conference. Okay, um, 
let's see. It's uh, almost November. You, uh, you know, for just to tisk tisk that document there, you're kind of sure it's, sure it's taking a while here for four months for the document that wasn't going to stand in your way. But yeah, that FSU kind of, it, it makes me think like the, the only thing better AD would be like, hey, Florida State, you know what? We got to look in. ESPN would like to put Florida State at SMU on a Friday, <laughs> maybe a Thursday, you know. Just to... yeah, SMU's home games next year, Boston College, Cal, Florida State, and Pitt. Uh, they will travel to Duke, Louisville, Stanford, and Virginia. You know, I think that if you're if you're Florida State, you're probably I mean, you'd rather play at, at SMU, mm-hmm. I think, than host SMU. Um, you get, if if you have to play them for sure, right, 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 yeah, yeah. Because you imagine, go get the thirty two thousand people and go go get a dub. Yeah, well, and imagine trying to sell tickets to that sure. game, right? Um, Florida State's home schedule next year. Boston College, Cal, Clemson, North Carolina. Actually, not terrible, yeah. especially if North Carolina keeps it up and Clemson bounce back. Uh, Clemson, Louisville, NC State, Stanford, and Virginia next year. That's not very exciting. Maybe they get South Carolina at home, too, next yeah. year. I don't know. More Tech Talk next. podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3 presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining today until six. We'll have Red Raider football with Joey McGuire coming up at that time. Rangers and Diamondbacks will follow at 7 right when the game is set to start. This on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You too can weigh in at DoubleT973.com. Um, so is SMU's annual rivalry going to be with Florida State? Could be called the free shoes versus free cars game. Or maybe it's Clemson SMU, Death Valley versus Death Penalty. No, the, the, the annual games that SMU will play every year, or at least is scheduled to play every year, who knows what happens on the line. But they'll play Stanford and Cal every year, so that's right. locked in. Yeah, that's the that's the that's kind of the one permanent of those, opponent, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, so, like for example, um, SMU's schedule next year: they will uh, host Cal, they will travel to Stanford. Like they're going coast to coast, right? They they play at Virginia. In Charlottesville, and then they play at Stanford. In 2025, uh, SMU's home schedule, Louisville, Miami, Stanford, Syracuse. They're at Boston College. They're at Cal. I mean, they're, think about it. They're going to be in the Bay Area in <laughs> yeah. Boston. That's, uh, that's something else. 2026. Boston? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, home schedule, BC, Cal, Virginia, Wake Forest, at Florida State at Louisville, at Stanford, at Syracuse. Again, they're going to be in the Bay Area, and they're going to be in Syracuse, New York. Get used to it in that league. That's, I mean, yeah, like, good like luck. no games, very few games in the flyover country there. No. Man, the Bay Area, that's a Tech Talk territory. I know, yeah, right? I mean, 
Maybe they can get to buy some ads for our show or something. True. So we uh, we have the news. If you just tuned in, news broke just a few minutes ago. Max Olson of The Athletic reporting that the Big 12 will release its scheduling format for the next uh, four years, 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, tomorrow afternoon, hopefully right around 3 o'clock. Um, what are you hoping for? Oh, probably a couple of permanent opponents. Uh, we've got, we'll have a little more symmetry in our situation. It's interesting that some had three and some had none in the ACC, but they've got, you know, I I would be surprised if there's not some, some more symmetry with ours, but you know, the ACC may be telling us something here. Like, you don't need symmetry. Some of you will have two or three permanent opponents. Some of you won't have any. Um, I would imagine as spread out as, as our conference is from darn near coast to coast, uh, that everyone will have something baked in that, that fits regionality. And you and I have discussed many times what we would think it might be. I would, I would, I hope that OSU is part of our scenario. Um, um, I, I would think that TCU, maybe Baylor, would be part of our scenario. And but again, what we don't know is if it's going to be two, three, four permanent teams. I'd be surprised if we got the four. Here's what I'm curious about: like, why, why does it end at 2027? Like, because uh, the ACC's yesterday ended in 2031, which is not through the end of their deal, but it's certainly a ways out. The Big 12's deal it ends after the 2030 football season. Yeah, the media deal, but the schedule right. format's going. I would, I would assume the answer to your question is it's four years for symmetry, like to be able to go through the entire rotation of games you know so that everybody faces everybody once in this four-time thing but i i don't i i can't be sure of that without playing with the you know playing with some numbers because it's a really big conference now but that that would be my assumption is four times would allow you know er everyone to play everybody what are the games that have to be played every year (laughs) in the 16 team big 12 because i don't you mean as much as you would like to say i'd like for tech to play oklahoma state every year and and Maybe Baylor. I don't know that there's a single game on the schedule or a team out uh-huh. there where if you're Texas Tech, you go, it has to be done, right? The way uh-huh. that Arizona and Arizona State, yeah, would be. BYU, or BYU, Utah, Utah. Kansas, Kansas State, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you and I can craft that list, and it starts with the three you just said. I wonder, does, does West Virginia, Cincinnati, climb to that level? You would think so. I mean, I, I would if I were them, I would want that. I would if I were both of them, I would want that. Like, hey, this is the trip we can both our fans can drive to. Like, let's let's make this into something. Let's surely there are people in Pittsburgh who attended both schools that can get a little suck at Steve going at the water cooler and get a little hate going and suck at Steve. You know, butt heads. Uh, Your team's poor. <laughs> uh, who, who loses out if? If it's limited to one permanent rivalry, rivalry, you mean like what school? Like, what? Who are the losers there? Because I mean, ASU Arizona, that's easy. Yeah. UCF comes to mind just because they feel like the odd man out. I don't know. Iowa State could 
maybe kind of get in a we got screwed territory because we don't have anybody, be it we're a charter member here, right. but who do you put kind Iowa feel, State they, with? They sort of feel Georgia Tech-ish in all of this in terms of just what you said because if it, if it was everybody's getting one permanent opponent, you might go, ooh, Kansas-Iowa State. Now, Kansas is probably going to be paired up with in In fairness, though, right, Iowa, their, their rivalry was with Iowa. Like yeah. it doesn't matter who they you, fit that Georgia Tech model. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. Who you, doesn't matter who you cue them up with in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. They're always going to be more juiced for that Cyhawk Trophy game, um, you know. Because you could, I mean, I think you can match this pretty easily for the most part. TCU Baylor, right? The rivalry, mm-hmm. Tech Oklahoma State. Yep. Uh, BYU Utah, Arizona Arizona State, Kansas K State, uh, West Virginia Cincinnati, right? So that leaves you with Iowa Colorado, State. Iowa State, uh, UCF, and Houston. And the, I think you just set them in order. Yeah. I think the Colorado, Iowa State can be a renewal of Big Eight and Big Twelve North, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and then the two new schools is that, probably the least yeah kind of you know sensical one. But you just you kind of make do. Yeah, and they played in the AAC together. So. Right, right, right. And it's not a. a there's, I don't, I don't think if that pops up on the schedule every year, people are throwing their pocket, tearing up their pocket schedules and throwing them in the air. Like, really, you know? I mean, I just, I don't. If if it gets to two games, then then those things could blossom out a little bit in a way that you could get an Iowa State, Kansas, or something that has a little more, you know, that that it could branch out to a Colorado, BYU, or Utah, or so, you know, that that there could be a little more regionality attached to, it. and maybe. Maybe just maybe that's where if 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 it did branch out into a two or three game thing, AD, that you know I wonder if they would take a look at Texas Tech and say, hey, you're going to play one of these Arizona schools more often than not, um, as opposed to just piling. The, and again, I'm talking about a scenario if everyone gets a couple of these mm-hmm. games, it would make more sense that it's a TCU or a Baylor. Don't get me wrong, I'm not con- I'm not jumping up and down for this, but just to, to to create some new traffic patterns if they pushed us west and you know uh, Colorado to TCU or something like that wouldn't wouldn't blow my mind more tech talk next the podcast that finishes your workday in a very red Raider way this is the tech talk podcast from double T 97.3 presented by Cantex roofing and construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and uh, Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6. We'll have Red Raider football with Joey McGuire coming up at that time. Would love to hear your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at Double T 97.3.com. All guests appear via the Visual Edge IT hotline. Um, we get this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Someone says, I hope that our permanent rival is with TCU because of recruiting the Dallas Fort Worth area. Plus, I hate their arrogance. Um, yeah, I, I hope there's more than one, but I hear you. You know, back to a point that you made. Um, about how you wouldn't mind if 
if it's more than one permanent rival, and if you're just tuning in, the Big 12 will release their scheduling model for the next four years tomorrow afternoon. For football. For yeah. football, yeah. yes. Um, but if, if there is more than one or two permanent rivals, you wouldn't mind if Tech had one out yeah. west with one sure. of maybe the Arizona Colorado. Yeah. You, sure, you have history with Colorado, obviously, sure. in the Big 12. You, you have history with Arizona in the border conference. Um, and I agree. I think that would be neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also at some point you need to, and you kind of hinted at this too, you need to integrate these programs. Yeah. And, you know, you're not doing your conference a favor if you just kind of keep them all in these little boxes and only yeah. let them out for a game or two every every season. From a, from a recruiting standpoint, do you think that McGuire would prefer to just have as many games in Texas against Texas teams as possible? You, I, I would think so. I would think that would be his answer. It would be an interesting uh, interesting thing to hear. Uh, it would probably, uh, probably be a little early to go over to Rudy's tonight and ask that question. He might get into it, but it might be more informed to you know, go get a win this Thursday, first of all. Sure. And then uh, at the next coach's show to be able to ask that. Although it might be the kind of question that uh, somebody could ask at the media availability this probably this coming Monday to, to get a, a response from him, his thoughts on that, or if he had a preference or whatever. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm as curious as anything, certainly the how, how they're going to set up that, the idea of a permanent rival or if there will be any, but also the, you know, how, how often will we get to everybody like, you know, because we used to be able to in the in the legacy Big Twelve conference, you you knew that you were going to play Big Twelve South, home away, home away, home away, and, and the Big Twelve North, the, the other schools we would play in a two year pairing. We mm-hmm. would play home and away, so every four years you would have everybody come through your place, and you would go through everybody's place in the North and in the South. It was an every other year cadence, like a right. So if you were a freshman, yeah, yeah. And you, you stayed there someplace yep. for at least four years. You got the full Big 12 experience. You bet. You were going to play one in Ames. They were, I, you were going to host Nebraska, et cetera, and then play one there and them here. Uh, yeah, that, that, that'd be, that'll be what's, what's curious to me, how, how, tight the, how tight the pods are geographical, geographically. And, you know, I, I really can't wait to see it. Um, and, and certainly we're not going to come out of this with on October 7th, 2024 you play so and so this is just who the opponents will be and i would assume maybe the the uh, homes and aways would have to be part of that model i mean i'm expecting at this point you're going to get something kind of like what the acc sent out yesterday yeah you're going to you're not going to know when right or the order but you'll at least know hey next year this is your home schedule yeah you got four road five home well that's another thing to kind of watch for tomorrow if you're Mm -hmm. tech like we want to see if that um you know, five four five four home game uh, cadence stays the same because if that's the case, and if you're Tech, you hope it does. Um, you would have five home games next year in the Big Twelve. Five conference and right. seven on five the year. Conference yeah. game, right. So, yeah, I agree. Fingers crossed. Yep. No um, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line from G H M F Financial, maybe just G H M Financial. Boy, guys, you pick partners for tech that kill recruiting. I don't. Baylor and Oklahoma State and TCU kill recruiting? I mean, you're recruiting better than all three of those programs right now. And 
I mean, really, TCU is the only one in the immediate future that I would be concerned about. Um, you know, for as impressive as this season has been so far for Oklahoma State, based on expectations, mm-hmm. recruiting wise, they faded, and and even during the height of their success under Mike Gundy, they were never really capitalized capitalizing on it on the recruiting trail the way that you would maybe have hoped for if you were a poke fan um a lot of kind of low 30s high 30s classes now again 90 percent of the conference would take their last decade in a heartbeat including Mm -hmm. texas tech i'm not diminishing what they've done on the field at all not at all um but just in terms of specifically recruiting they're not some powerhouse and and again, you're out recruiting all of them right now. Yeah, I would uh, just, and I'm saying this to be combative or whatever, but I'd be curious, GHM financial, what what I'm missing there. Like, what were you thinking about in terms of the better alternative for recruiting other than playing those Texas schools? Right, because I mean, if you if you kind of zigged instead of zagging, and you're playing all these out of state programs right um then that's that's one or two fewer games in texas every year right um you know and i i don't think that if you're tech that you want houston to be a permanent rival you want to play them every year um i don't i don't think that you want to give them any more of a uh a, i don't know a platform in texas than possible um so yeah, how quickly? I mean, and, you know, and, and these things can be changed and moved around. Schedule models, I mean, uh, schedule agreements and those kind of things. We can look and see who we're, who the non-conference games are at this point. But you know, how how, how quickly are you calling Rice and SMU going? Hey, want to play? Of course, there's some North Texas on there. But just to get to the Metroplex and get games, were the schedule to be something that pushes us away from? Maybe two Oklahoma State and away from Baylor, or two Oklahoma State and TCU and away no, from excuse me, Oklahoma State and Baylor and away from TCU. And the SMU thing is interesting because that would now count as a power five opponent, right? Uh, this in the chat line, eighty. I saw something that said the Big Twelve was placing next week's matchups on a six day wait to decide who was playing on what TV service. I always thought that was done by the TV folks. Does the Big 12 have a major say in that? No. No, you're right. Your initial reaction was right. That's all TV. And that's the Tech-Kansas game that's been pushed into a six-day window. More Tech Talk next. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus and Clint. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today until 6 o'clock. So earlier in the show, we brought you the news that uh, the Big 12 will be releasing its football scheduling model for the next four years tomorrow afternoon sometime. We have some more news. On Thursday, the Big 12 will release... It's 2024 baseball schedule. When did you say Thursday? Thursday. Baseball. Yeah. I had heard early November, so I guess that uh, that that's the problem here is that like, oh, we're really on the 
November Eve. It'll be right here, here before you know it, man. Yeah, I mean, and usually what happens? Valentine's is... Day and then some baseball. <laughs> well, I was you're a little ahead of me there, but uh, I uh, I was, and, and typically what'll happen is within a day or two of that is the schools start coming in right behind that and announcing unless somebody's um, you know maybe still haggling over a Tuesday game or something, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. We know a little bit about the tech baseball schedule right now. You know, there's a midweek, a midweek game at at in Fayetteville. There's the 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 open week is the final, final, final week of the season. The Big Twelve open week, and that's going to be filled by uh, looks like a little three three team deal there in uh, Tempe. Two games against Arizona State, I guess. UNLV is also there. Mm-hmm. That part hadn't been future released conf- yet. opponent. Yeah, Arizona State. Yeah, absolutely. And you would think, uh, I would assume Tech and UNLV would play, but that part hadn't been announced yet or released. And obviously, Stanford. Yeah, Stanford coming to Lubbock for midweek and then the opening weekend there in Arlington. Um, so th- those are the things I think we know based on other teams' releases or certainly the Arlington thing. There's, you know, I, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, not look at that schedule and even even take Arlington out, which that's what Oregon, Nebraska, Tennessee, you know, a single game against each of them. But if you just go, we're going to add, we're going to play games against Stanford, Arkansas, Arizona State, just in terms of like college baseball blue bloods, that's pretty good. Pretty decent. Yeah, so we'll see. That'd be at least, what, be what at least six five five or six games against them so uh there's been some other rumors about possibly oregon state being on this schedule and some other so i mean we'll have to see and those have just been whispers in the in the breeze but uh be fun to find that out here in a couple days is there a newcomer that you are especially excited to see tech play in, in baseball this coming season so you know cincinnati yeah, immediately yeah. ucf houston byu and it might depend on where that game is played too. Yeah. Like maybe a game against or a series against Houston in in uh, Lubbock doesn't do much for you, but maybe playing down there is interesting, or playing mm-hmm. at BYU. Or I mean, B- Houston gins up a little more emotion for me personally because that was a team that was in the conference when I played, and when Tim Tim played the two years after me, and it, you know, so there's a, a little bit of history there. Why does and it? I showed you our brawl with them. We we had a crap of bench clear and tussle um uh but uh I, you know i the the, the other thing so you're asking the, the the question the right way and you know i would i would assume that ucf has a pretty good potential just because the uh you know where they're located and you might say the same thing about u of h um in terms of their ability to recruit and you know i, I heard this described to me one one time this is going back 20 years ago but it was basically their recruits can go see players by just driving home, you know, like looking out the right. window. And and there have been some instances where uh, a, a Texas Tech assistant coach could go see on their way home, just look out the window and see at Magel Field or, or O'Banion or, you know, Friendship Cooper certainly, so, and others, Michael Davis at Lubbock High, you know, but it's not the same as being in Houston and going, hey, so-and-so's pitching against so-and-so, and you can just bebop over there on your way to dinner. Uh, that's That's got to be a decided advantage. I, I, I'm, in, I'm curious to see UCF 
um, over time that it, but you're asking the question like anyone in 2024 mm-hmm. and, and the, you know, off the top of my head, no. And I don't know that any of them are just picked to be loaded with loaded groups or whatever. I'm curious about the first trip to BYU, but that's another question. This is purely based on kind of my recollection and you might be able to kind of spit back at me. Well, actually they played six times over the last 10 years or whatever, but it seems like they haven't really seen Houston on the baseball schedule all that much, at no. least in terms of like home and away. Maybe right. the, the a rare matchup at one of those kind of Minute neutral May. site deals. Yeah. Is there some kind of like, I don't know, lack of communication between those coaching staffs? Is yeah. it just a, a distance factor? Because, I mean, we've seen Dallas Baptist, sure. um, you know, a lot of New Mexico back and forth. Just kind of, I think Texas Southern even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, I don't, when was the last time Houston came here for a baseball you know, series? Houston came here. Um, it was it was a uh, a a Tadlock era deal, and we kind of bumped them pretty good. Uh, we did a, we just finished a home and home with Rice, but you're asking about U of H. Todd Whitting brought his team here. Um, I'm trying to think if that was, uh, but yeah, it, Ad, you're exactly right. We played we met them in Round Rock and played a really good game with them in 2020, right before COVID. Mm-hmm. Not not immediately before COVID, but within a couple of weeks of of all of that ending. Um, um, but yeah, there. I don't know. That's a good question. If it could that could be something that Houston's going. Hey, we're we're this far south, and we're a major airport from everyone in the country you know just all any sort of bigger city non-stop flights into there why do we need to come play at your place you know sure. and we can just have any big 10 team come in here and play because the first month of the season they're they're looking for road games and so they like, why would we do this when we can have purdue in here um todd whitting they the head coach there at, at u of h is uh He's a native of like Perryton. He's or a Dumas or something like that. He's from up in the Panhandle. That may be a, a Choice Woodman question for you, uh, Clint. If, see if he's aware that uh, the University of Houston baseball coach is from up in his neck of the woods sometime. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.